Anyway. Finally, I've been talking about this Hendrix uh, biopic for a very long time now. Uh, last Thursday um, at, I think, June 6th, uh, the Sydney Film Festival, which opened the day previously, featured the Australian premiere of All Is By My Side, directed by John Ridley, who a few months ago picked up uh, Best Screenplay Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. Uh, I believe this is his directorial debut, but I'm not quite sure. And it stars Andre Benjamin, also known as Andre 3000, as Hendrix, and the main characters are uh, quite spread across the board, but the main one is uh, the Kathy Etchingham, girlfriend of Hendrix, uh, who exists as probably the main character apart from him throughout most of the film. But there are also other ones. Linda Keith, um, she's a very prominent character. She was Keith Richards' girlfriend and also quite a high society person played by Imogen Poots. And she's shown at the start um, basically discovering Hendrix and throwing him the way of Chaz Chandler, um, who's the ex-Animals keyboard player, I think he was, and he ends up managing the Jimi Hendrix experience. It's uh, mainly based around the uh, relationships, the personal relationships Hendrix had. The estate wouldn't let them use any music of Hendrix's. And I was very dismissive of that fact, but it seems to relate to the fact that there's a lot of controversy with regards to how the movie is portraying Hendrix and his relationship with domestic violence. Um, so Kathy Etchingham, who in real life uh, was Hendrix's girlfriend, has gone on record saying that she may seek to block the movie as she was refused to be allowed to have anything to do with it. And uh, she was sitting in front of me in the cinema, flanked on one side by what looked like a lawyer and on, on the other by a journalist who was scribbling uh, at various moments in the film. And she, she has stated that, the, that it's completely untrue and he was never like this and so-and-so. But there are other reports, even on Wikipedia, of Hendrix having a violent side with relation to alcohol. Not so much with... Um, uh, well, there is a there is a report in there, whether it's true, of him hitting some a girlfriend over the head with a vodka bottle, so... Who knows? Anyway, I'm not sure if she has sought to block the film, but it does go some of the way to explaining why they wouldn't allow any of the music, uh, not any proper Hendrix music in the film. And it focuses on from when he's basically playing in backup bands in America to when he's invited to go to London and be part of this soul-swinging 60s scene that's exploding in London. And um, he finds a home away from home there and they audition the Hendrix experience and uh, wherever he goes, his, his natural ability is shiningly obvious. But the film does kind of take on a role of looking at his uh, relationships with women. So he starts having a relationship with um, uh, with Linda Keith until her dad kidnaps her basically on the instructions of Keith Richards. And apparently that's true. And she was sort of removed and taken into care. Um, and she didn't seem like a dumb woman either. She seemed like really, really uh, uh, smart and she was very, very um, propulsive about Hendrix's music and where he should go and what he should do and uh, that he was a genius and everything else. And he basically ditches her for uh, a far less refined woman in Cathy Etchingham, who was uh, an Irish-British woman who um, ended up being quite a focal point on the scene as well. Um, and they basically had a two-and-a-half-year relationship during this whole explosive time in the UK. Um, and 
Sorry, I've got a wheeze going on. It makes it very difficult to talk for long periods of time. It's almost asthma. Stop whining. Um, so the film itself, how good it is and everything else regarding uh, not including the controversy, well, first up, they've done an amazing job with the music. To have no music that you can actually access, all of the music in the film feels like Hendrix's music. There's a lot of him playing in clubs and... Andre 3000 is the number one standout reason to watch this film because he does a very, very strong uh, impersonation, I guess, of Hendrix in a similar sort of way uh, Val Kilmer did in the Doors movie where he gets a lot of the sort of mannerisms and the voice and everything spot on and he's really, really good in this film. It really does show he can act as well. Outside of that... uh, and I thought the sound editing was brilliant as well. There's a lot of conversational stuff going on and, and stuff sliding backwards and forwards between music and everything else. And I thought that was good. And I also thought um, Imogen Poots, who's wonderful and seems to be appearing in a lot of films now, although she was in uh, The Terrible Need for Speed, which came out uh, at, with Aaron Paul a few months ago. But she's a, a glowing presence in this film and a fascinating character as well. And she does really well. But then he moves on to his relationship with Kathy Etchingham, and I found it really hard to find out why he would have been interested in in being with her, maybe because uh, Imogen Poots' character was so high society or or so smart, but she seemed a really dull woman, and I don't know whether she's like that in real life or what, but I just... For her to be anchoring the middle of the film, I didn't think either actress or character were that interesting. She seemed quite a dull person. And they also, as filmmakers, seemed like they didn't really like her. They showed her in a number of scenes, such as one where she walks in the studio and the the guy just basically... And she's in the studio and she's fiddling around with stuff and turning lights on. And one of the guys, the producer, just has a massive go at her. And it just seemed quite cruel that they needed to put her in various scenes where she was made out to be a harpy, really. Uh, And they didn't seem to be that in love with her. But she does become a lot more sympathetic as the film progresses and Hendrix gets more frustrated with what's going on and turns to drink and then the the highly controversial domestic violence incident. Um, And whether or not that was true, she swears blind it isn't. Whether it happened... If it isn't true... I'm wondering why the filmmakers made such a suggestive thing in the movie, such a such a pivotal moment, if it wasn't true. Um, why they didn't use, say, another unnamed character, or but to choose somebody that's actually living that can tell you whether or not it didn't happen. Uh, it is quite a big scene, and it is quite a big out-of-context moment, really. Um, and it's basically about how... <laughs> on one hand, about how good he is as a musician, on another hand how he could just sort of be a bit flaky with uh, relationships, and particularly with women. There's a motif through the film where when he's going to go to somewhere, say the Monterey Pop Festival, or even at the start where he's saying he's going to go down to Greenwich Village, him always saying to his girlfriend who are just saying, well, can I come with you? He's always saying, you know, there's not really anything there for you. You wouldn't enjoy it. And it's it's kind of him sort of um, having one foot out of every single relationship he's in. Overall, as a film, I thought it was a bit limited in scope. It was a bit uneven, and it was a bit hard to know what... Because it's so well-tracked those few years. The idea that for that time, he wasn't really famous, and they kind of make out that he sort of becomes famous when he goes to America, but he was an immediate chart star in England and immediately all over TV. 
So it's kind of hard to sort of equivalent this struggle period in the UK when it wasn't really a struggle period. He was immediately successful. So overall as a film, I think it's a bit too uneven and it's a bit too aimless as well. I wasn't really sure where it was going or why it was going there. I can probably say that Jimi Hendrix's relationships with the, the women that are in the film are probably the least interesting aspect of his life, really, with what was going on at the time. Um, but they did do a great job with the music. Andre 3000 is super. But I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 10. So 6.5 for All Is By My Side, which is showing again this week as part of the Sydney Film Festival. And after that, what's going to become of it, I'm not really sure. 